Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host... Eric Skwarzynski. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Preacher Boys podcast. Today is a pretty fun episode, uh, especially given the last two have covered some pretty horrific cases within the movement. It just felt good to take a step back and get to sit down with one of my really good friends, uh, Michael McNeely. He runs the Preacher Boys official discussion group over there on Facebook and has been a huge help to me. I've said this before in the group. He is my aggressive mental health checker. And so he's constantly messaging me, checking in, seeing how I'm doing. And uh, just a really good friend and has been a huge encouragement to me. And this episode, we actually went live on Saturday, June 19th. And went through a couple of clips that IFB Sermon Clips on Twitter had posted from North Valley Baptist Church. All these clips are from their camp meeting pastors conference over at the church that took place in March. So we're a little late to the game. I'll explain why here when we dive into the actual recording. But it was a lot of fun diving into this. It was a great discussion between the two of us. And I think that you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, It is a long episode. So for those of you that are in the group and always dropping comments saying you like the Joe Rogan style full length episodes, here you go. You get two hours of the Preacher Boys podcast to get you through this midweek hump. And so enjoy the episode. Remember, you can always head over to patreon.com slash preacher boys if you want to support the show, or you can head over to the preacher boys official discussion group. It's completely free to join that group over there and you can join the conversation and have your own reactions and comments on some of these clips. But for now, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. It was a lot of fun for me. And I think it will be for you as well. And we get into some really good topics and dive deep into some of these things in a really meaningful way. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, let me know your thoughts over in the Facebook group. All right, guys, let's get into the show. What's up, man? Hey, not much, man. It's been a busy couple of months. I know. It's been been, uh, been crazy. I've been meaning to do this for a while, but it gets in the way. 
I originally reached out back in March <laughs> to do this. It's <laughs> all of these, all of these clips, all of the footage that we're going to be playing, everything that is going to be here is like a few months old now, but it's fine. It's, um, it's unfortunately, all... it's still relevant. It's all. But, but yeah, what's been new since last time we've actually hopped on and talked about there's cow. one big um, new thing that's happened. One big new thing. Oh, I have to choose between the birth of my daughter or uh, my, yeah, no, it's the birth of my daughter. I was uh, going to say, what's the other 15. one that you're wrestling with? No, no, the reason March was tough for me and then April was, we got COVID back in September. Our right. babysitter gave it to our kid. And you can't quarantine a three-year-old. We all ended up getting it and it gave me diabetes. So I have been in that fight for the last three and a half, four months since being diagnosed. Yeah, it's been a lot better though, since we gotten that under diagnosed. And so we didn't know what it was at first, just had a bunch of symptoms and then lost like 35 pounds in a month and a half. Like just crazy. Something's just not right. Went in March and they diagnosed with diabetes and We've been fighting it ever since. So between that and getting ready for our daughter, everything's been pretty hectic, but it's yeah. been good. We've been blessed. Yeah, man. How you it's, been? It's been crazy. Like it's been the last few, the last few months have been nuts. I mean, I feel like since I've started the show, it's been nonstop crazy, but it's the last week, especially it's one of the reasons I was super up to do this today is, is I want to do more of a I guess, fun episode. I don't think I've ever done a fun episode of the show, but more of a just less current event drama and just more of a reaction discussion kind of conversation, just because it has, it's been, and like, it's just been a, it's been an up and down dealing with the level of stories that are coming out, listening to all of these responses from a lot of these pastors, the messages that I get, like, there's a lot that comes through. And in the last week, especially, has just been the motto of the last week has been same old. It's been another case out of Bruce Goddard's church, another case out of First Baptist Church of Hammond. And so it's unfortunately, there's still a lot of repetitive things, repetitive stories coming up. And that uh, the unfortunate part about all this is we're supposed to be learning from history and how a mistake happens. We're supposed to learn, we're supposed to have accountability checks and all of this. And here we are talking deja vu over and over again, which is really sad. Yeah, it's been a lot. And I know it has been for people, people who have been on the show who are survivors and seeing this stuff hash out again has been triggering for them and like seeing the stories that have popped up and it's just disappointing. It's not surprising anymore. Like I talk about that a lot. Like it's not this, it's not a disappointing or not a surprising thing when these stories happen, but it is extremely disappointing to see that it's still happening. That first Baptist church of Hammond is still operating the way it has that Bruce Goddard still is more worried about people talking about abuse than abuse happening within his church. And so seeing that deja vu is a lot to take in. And even for myself, like I'm not a, I don't have a crazy story from one of these churches, but just processing the volume of these stories takes a toll. And, and so I go through these roller coaster ups and downs of I'm going to drop off the face of the earth for a second. And then, you know, and you do. yeah, and I do. And, <laughs> and then go into this spot where I can kind of power through it, knock out 
several of these and get back on the horse a little bit. And it's been, it's a chaotic way of processing this stuff. That's not super healthy. I'm still figuring out that balance. I'll think I have it in a good spot and then I'll, I'll zip back in and go, oh, I'm totally losing it right here. And, and one thing I will say, I know we said this is going to be a fun episode, but one thing I will say that I've noticed is it's been, I have a proclivity to run away from people that are reaching out, trying to help. And the only reason I bring this up is because I think that there's a lot of people who probably relate to this is that one of the hardest things for me in the past few months, and I verbalized this to my wife, is that I have a lot of people that reach out with kind of vague, hey, how are you? Or praying about you or thinking about you, like that kind of stuff. And for me, I always feel like it's a funnel into something else. Even if that's not the case, a lot of times I feel like that's funneling into, hey, why haven't we seen you in small group? Or why haven't we seen you on a Sunday morning service? Or, hey, or it, it just is a very, I've noticed a lot of conversations come in with a, hey, how are you? And then it leads into like, why aren't you doing the things that we want you to do? <laughs> and so I tend to just shut off and then not respond to anybody. Even people like yourself that I know aren't doing that. It's still, it's something in the phrasing. Like I had somebody reach out to me and said, Hey, the Lord put you on our hearts. And I was just like, ah, I'm going to, I'm not responding to this. I didn't even finish reading the message for three days. But anyway, that's all on the well, side. Trigger words. Yeah. The trigger words that we were hurt with and associated with hurt back when we were in whatever spot we were in, in the IFB right. world. So whenever right. it's hard, even post 17 years out of the IFB, there's still things that will trigger me to this day and send me in that spiral of possible depression. But no. yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's even though that their intentions are pure and they're not going to hurt you. It's very hard to stop that turtle and going into a shell routine. hundred percent. I, I know we've got a couple of people on here, so I'll go ahead and dive into what I wanted to go over, which is back in March, there was a camp meeting, a quote unquote camp meeting at North Valley Baptist Church. And there were a lot of crazy, there's always a lot of crazy clips that come out of these environments, but like these just took the cake <laughs> for a lot of the content that IFB Sermon Clips puts out. I was watching them. I saved all of them in March reach out to you. I was at a, I was at a peak. I was like, let's do this. And then it just kept getting pushed around. So like you said, it's been a while. This isn't relevant breaking news, but I've said before, like sometimes the way I do my content's a little bit boring. Like I, I like to sit on things. I like to let them mellow out, think about them. And anyway, some of these clips I just wanted to talk about with somebody, I wanted to play them because I think that even though they got some good traction on IP Sermon Clips, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot here that's worth diving into. And it reveals like, I think a lot about the mindset of North Valley and just a lot of the pastors that were at the conference. So yeah, there was one good thing I'm going to play. I'm going to start this off with a clip that inspired me. Okay. Would you believe it? Okay. If I told you there was a clip from the camp meeting at North Valley that actually, I almost said amen to, I almost audibly said amen to. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to play it. All right. I think we're five years away at the very most 10 being extinct. Independent fundamental Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said amen. When I heard the clip, I was like, it's possible. So here's what's really funny. I had to start with that. So what's really funny is when I watched it, what I picked up first and foremost, someone's watching from Brazil. That's awesome. But what I noticed as I was watching through these clips was there was a lot of desperation 
dripping from a lot of these videos and a lot of these clips and in sermons, a lot of conversation about what's going to happen now, what's happening to America, what's happening to the IFB, things are falling apart. And it, look, I've talked about on the show before, I'm not someone who thinks every single church is bad, every IFB church, every pastor, I'm friends with people that are still part of this world. But when I look at this brand, when I look at like the North Valley, Jack Treber, like the the Tim Rules, Mike John, like all of that circle, it's it seeing how frightened they are about how quickly things are falling apart <laughs> feels really good because these are institutions that have for so long been covering up a lot of abuse cases. They've been just just in the culture have been super abusive, as you'll see from some of the clips and like the tone of how they talk to the the people in their congregation. But it's just, I just kept picking up desperation. Like that just kept coming through and you can feel it in these clips. And uh, anyway, well, it, I thought, he looks so yeah. defeated. And, and that's, you go back, man, I miss thumbing through the IFB sermon clips. I haven't <laughs> gotten a chance to recently, but you look at the old clips and oh my gosh, it was like the passion and the, they were just power. And just, and now you look at the clips recently and they just look deflated, defeated. Yeah. There's just no, there's none of that pizzazz or just energy anymore with these guys. And I think it goes back to platforms like yourself and others that are finally exposing them. They've gotten by on controlling everything. Right. They controlled everything. They control people's lives. They control the climate in the church. They basically, you weren't allowed to go out and be break bread with the heathens, whatever, however you want to put it or call it. You weren't allowed to be in the world. They controlled everything. And now they're losing that control big time. And now they're having to answer a lot of the questions they right. never thought that they would have to answer from their church's membership. And people that are relatives of people in those churches. I'll, I'll say that, like, I've had, it's been a while since I've been involved with your podcast, but I would get people all the time saying, oh my gosh, I have people, I'm not in the IFB, or I'm in the IFB, a more modern IFB type church, and nothing like this is going on, but my goodness, my cousin's in that type of a setting. And I try to talk to them and plant seeds in their head, and now they went and asked the preacher, and they... The pastor told them they, you know what they say, don't listen to gossip and they do all of that. But yeah, it's, they just look so deflated and defeated because they're losing control. It's working. And that's why they're lashing out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, I'm definitely feeling that. And that even like Bruce Goddard, I mentioned that clip from him and going his don't spread manure clip that I just covered recently on the show. And there's such a, like I said, that desperation is coming through. And I think they're realizing, especially in the internet age with smartphones, with the way that all of this stuff can be at the click of a button downloaded and exposed. Like they don't know how to act in that world <laughs> because before I talked about this, when the Mike race situation happened, when a Derek Markzak in a Mike race church, like 20 years ago, that meeting happens behind closed doors and nobody knows about it. And yep. wherever he goes next, well, he's and, fine. And the other part of this now too, is Let's not forget that they are a God judge and jury and cannot yeah. be challenged inside of those right. walls as a pastor. And now they're yeah. being challenged, not by necessarily their membership. I'm sure there are some in their membership that are maybe questioning and not challenging, 
but uh, they're getting challenged and they're looking mm-hmm. like fools to everybody else that is out there. And I think the light bulb is starting to finally kick in. Right. Yeah. It's like I said, there's nowhere to hide. Like your content's out there. Like IFB Sermon Clips is just putting it out verbatim. And, and again, that's why I try to stay away. Like I enjoy doing this commentary stuff. Enjoy being able to talk through some of these clips, but sometimes the best argument is just playing their own words for themselves and showing the lunacy of some of this stuff. And so anyway, that's that's been a big win for me. We've got a lot of people. I've got my comments set up. Amanda said any specific topic. I'm going to be playing some clips from this camp meeting because it's uh, super interesting. You're in Atlanta. Awesome. Arizona, Brazil, San Diego. Hey, San Diego. We've got Whoa. two here from San Diego. Why hey, Eric. Yeah, she's watching. Someone said two from Michigan. Awesome. Cool. And I posted something in my Facebook group that's, and thank you everybody for hanging out for a little bit. This is a super low key episode, but it's really fun. Hey, Fresno. Awesome. But it's just fun to be able to sit, hang out and, and watch you some of these. And I posted in the group, and if you guys aren't in there, the Preacher Boys official discussion group, go, go send an invite there to join. But I post all of the questions, answer all the questions. It makes it easier for us and for Michael, for sure, going through those. But I posted like, I always have coffee mugs in my interviews and I'm never drinking coffee. Like I'm always drinking Mountain Dew. And I wanted to prove Ah. that is that's a hundred percent what's going on. So just so you guys know, anytime you see me drinking coffee, I'm just being very professional and using a mug. So just a fun behind the scenes, San Jose. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to play another clip here and so many, just so many places I could start, but I'll, I'll pick something here. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one. So this was a good preacher boys related clip because I want you to listen to it. And then I want to expound on why I thought this was interesting. This is pastor, Dr. Mark, Mike Johnson. He is our dear friend, a founder of the college. He drives the 600 miles, uh, almost 600 miles every Tuesday for all these years. And what a blessing he is. Speak to us about Golden State Baptist College. Pastor, I love you. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate the opportunity. Pastor did want me to say a few words about Golden State Baptist College. When we found out, Brother Rule, Brother Ray, and I found out Pastor was starting a college, we contacted him and said, if you would like, we would give you one day a week and come and teach at the college. They did that when I was in school. It was a very important thing. It helped us. And he was crazy enough to say yes. And so we came and started at the first day of the school and have been now for these near 25 years teaching at the college. And I'm thankful to say that we did not, have not in 25 years raised one reformed fundamentalist. Because there's no such thing as a reformed fundamentalist. Absolutely not. If you're a reformed alcoholic, that meant you have been an alcoholic. If you're a reformed junkie, that means you're a reformed dope addict. There's no such thing as a reformed fundamentalist. I got in this thing in 1975, and I haven't seen a reason to be reformed from it yet. So, so obviously, referring oh, to the lots on wrap there. <laughs> so, obviously, referring to their covering fundamentalist thing, which definitely go check out their podcast if you haven't. <laughs> but what's really funny is so he's and this is what's interesting. If you're not familiar with who Mike Johnson is, I I became aware of him because I was grew up in California and we went to a camp that had some crossover with Johnson and with Tim Rule, who's the other person that gets mentioned in the video. So Mike Johnson gets up. And says, and that all the time that we've been in the college, we've never raised a recovering fundamentalist. What's interesting is, 
Tim Rule, who he mentions, his son is the one that was the the sexual predator that got moved to my church. And so his claim to fame that in all the years of putting people into the college and all their years of ministry, they've never raised a recovering fundamentalist, he's talking about him and Tim Rule. <laughs> so it's really funny. That's his interesting, his interesting statement. And I will say one other piece of this. Mike Johnson is who came and preached at Mike Johnson actually went to Mike Ray's church and preached after the Mark Sack situation happened and preached against trials that happen within our lives. And so he used basically the idea of being in the middle of a storm to talk about what Tim or what Mike Ray was going through when the Mark Sack situation happened. And, and one last piece of this, and someone sent this to me out of the last several chapel messages, if you just look at this list of six different people, like four of them have actively covered abuse within their church. Tim Rule, Bruce Goddard, Mike Ray. Like it's really interesting when you look at it like oh, that. Jason Atwood is on there. There you I go. Went to college with him. He yeah. was a Fairhaven guy. Yeah, no, it's the interesting part about that clip for me was first of all, how many titles does he have? Or was that just uh, the first time? <laughs> Dr. Pastor. Him? Dr. Pastor, Miss, like there was everything. Anyways, which is funny and in off topic of that, like how many titles they all give each other. Because they're all in just this, they're all in this little small circle and oh, yeah. they're just patting each other on the back, telling each other how great they are and this, that, and the other. And you give me a title, I'll give you a title and everybody gets titles. But he was talking about, I think he was trying to make a very clever point or f- try to drive a point home and it just made no sense. Right. Like we've never raised a reform fundamentalist. Okay, let's start with what is a reform fundamentalist? Okay, what's what are we considering a reform fundamentalist? And then you're trying to drive a point home and it's just going nowhere. <laughs> it right. just gets more confusing, which well, is a lot of what they do. But yeah. people latch on. They've got the people queued up out there that are the ameners and they're shouting them down. And yeah. Yeah, it's what's funny is that they're giving a lot of airtime. And, and I said this about the Bruce Goddard thing, like, the fact that it's so these organizations have been around for decades and they're so threatened by podcasts. Like I mentioned with Bruce Goddard, like he changed his morning devotional to reflect on content put out by a 26 year old podcaster. You know what I mean? There shouldn't, there, there shouldn't be that much weight given if it's not a, if it's not accurate, if the information's not accurate, there shouldn't be this much frustration or fear surrounding two podcasts about a denomination that had a 70 or 80 year lead. <laughs> Do they charge you rent for living inside their head or is that right, just right. I guess you could that. say, I guess you could say that they live rent free in my mind. Again, it's just really interesting to me that like the heads of colleges are addressing, like making jabs at a podcast, like recovering fundamentalist. Um, but well, anyway. it, it just goes to show that they're so full of it because in they'll get up in their pulpit and they'll say, don't, the mark we got to mark them and so they mark them and call them out and don't listen to them yada 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 but yet they're the ones that have the closest tabs on all of these podcasts and platforms right like you can't tell ifb sermon clips or recovering fundamentalists would come out and literally within hours of something dropping they're they are <laughs> it's uh, in lord they preach about it sort yeah. of lord which is super interesting like, hey how did you get it that quickly it just, it boggles my mind how people never put that together, like their members and be like, wait a minute. I, I remember, I'll give you a perfect example of Fairhaven. It was, Facebook was just coming on the scene when I was leaving. Yeah. 
and or no, I'm sorry, it was MySpace. MySpace was before Facebook. So yeah, I was gonna say Facebook. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm dating myself. But the MySpace was a very interesting one because people were getting kicked out of the church. Even when Facebook came around, I would hear you know about people, teens, college students getting kicked out for it. Yeah. But yet they all had all of the staff had accounts right. on Facebook to go check to see if people were on Facebook. Yeah. Whoa. And then it all of a sudden became okay. And it's, Oh, okay. What, yeah. what is going on here? You know, I just like the whole flip flopping and the setting myself on this high pedestal as a pastor that I'm going to tell all of my members, they can't do it, but I'm going to go around and do it because right. I'm just checking to make sure you don't do it. Like, who in their right mind would not say that is in control? The definition right. of control. Right. Uh-oh. IFB Sermon Clips just hopped in, in the chat. Oh, boy. <laughs> as, you're talk- as you're talking, huh? as you're talking, he heard his name summoned. We said it three times and he's appeared. But <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons I like IFB Sermon Clips is that it shows a lot of those changes in the double speak that happens where I remember back in that, I remember back in even the Stuff Funnies like days it was Jack Treber was going off about screens in the church. And then they posted like a few, it was like a year or two later and he was doing a fundraiser for screens in the church. And yeah. so it's, it's just an interesting back and forth. And yeah, I, I definitely like what you brought up too. One of my favorite things is that a lot of these guys, when they preach in one of the clips that I have courtesy of IFB sermon clips talks about this is he's, Oh, you can find it on Wicca, whatever it's called Wicca, Wikipedia. And I noticed that a lot is that they'll they'll even try to say they don't know the name of it or or these podcasts it's, you know what they are like you've obviously listened to it enough to have a, a big thought on it so anyway it's really interesting that that's the way they that's the way they break it down but i, I want to play like i said there's so many clips here that i want to blast into but this one actually is is pretty relevant to what you just said beloved when i gave all diligence to write it to you of the common salvation it was needful to me to write that you should earnestly contend for the faith for they become some among you that will creep in, and they'll creep into our churches. You, as a steward of the work of God, you're a steward of that pulpit and that church. Pastor, you're going to have to fight daily. It is daily. It is daily. We're going to have to get our eyes open. Stop all the compromise. Stop reading the gurus. They, they do not have a heritage like our heritage. I want you to know that if you want to be an independent, fundamental, separated Baptist preacher, you're going to have to fight daily for that position. When I say fighting daily for that position, you have to remember the, the day we live in. Our young people and our church members are being corrupted daily. Sometimes I think some pastors have allowed themselves to be corrupted uh, with Facebook. I don't know how to do a computer. I don't know how to do a Facebook. I don't know how to do a thread. I'm not going to learn. I don't want to know it. I don't want to know that stuff. I don't want to know the garbage. I don't want to know what's all on this influence, but internet. But one, our young people and our church members are being influenced by the internet. We are quickly losing our position. And the only hope America has is not a watered-down church, not a contemporary church, not a user-friendly church. The only hope this nation has is an old leather-lunged preacher like you standing up, thus saith the Lord. And by the way, they like that too. 
Rush Limbaugh had 25 million viewers that listened to his program. Number one, I think he did not pull punches. He told it directly as it was. I'm so grateful that God has chosen in due time, Titus 1-3, the foolishness of preaching, not seminars. So, again, Whoa. a lot to unpack. Here's one thing I want to point out, and, and this is, again, speaks to what I want to talk about, is I talk a lot about on the show about fragility of worldview and the idea that if you have the truth, and, and J.C. Graves always says this, I'm recovering fundamentalist, truth doesn't fear a challenge. One of the biggest things that I noticed, even when I was in the movement, was when I was around 11th, 12th grade, I started realizing, like, hey, how come we're not having debates. How come we're not bringing in people to bring other perspectives? And my youth pastor used to always quote, quote a verse and actually Bruce Cotter just quoted it in his recent video, but it, it was to be simple to things that are, or no, Josh Wilk or John Wilkerson quoted this, be simple to things that are evil and don't expose yourself to things that are going to change your, your position. And one of the things that really gets me. And again, this goes back to the idea of being threatened by podcasts. I'm not a professor. I'm not a, I'm not a PhD. I'm not, I'm not a fill in the blank, all these different credentials you could throw at it, but people are leaving these churches in droves. I got a message from someone um, just the other day that's leaving first Baptist church of Hammond. Um, they're leaving because they're just seeing clear information laid out. Whereas before when they're within the echo chamber, they're not hearing this stuff. They're not seeing the actual news articles. They're not seeing the actual posts about the stuff or finding out what actually happened. They're getting it from one person. And whenever you see somebody railing against the internet at large or reading books, some of the clips that I'll play too, reading books that are without a Baptist author, there's some other author. If your worldview is so fragile that exposure to those things will make you walk away, then you probably weren't following the right position in the first place. Like you probably have a very fragile worldview. And again, like I've talked to many perspectives on my show and some have allowed me to change my position on certain topics and others have, I've walked away going, I disagree with their takeaway, but I had a good conversation. Like I can be strong enough in my worldview to sit down with someone who completely opposes everything that I believe and walk away from it without completely falling apart or having a crisis of faith. Oh, said, I mean, that, there's not much to add to that other than what are they afraid of? I, if I had the truth and I had all of the knowledge and all of the facts on my side, I'd be standing up there going, come on, let's go. Let's get into this. Let's get into this debate and let's go because well, I have the, they, but they can't do that. What yeah. they're scared of in answering the question, they're scared of losing the control. They're scared of losing the narrative. Like you said, how many times back when we were coming up through the ranks, did they, this take brought to you by Mountain Dew. When we were coming up through the ranks, it was, this is what happened. The pastor would get up. This is what happened. This is what's going to you know, transpire from here on out. And nobody is allowed to talk to it, talk about it. No questions. Everyone dismissed. Right. That's the way it went. Yeah. Nobody was allowed to question. Nobody was. Now they're being questioned. Now they're being challenged and they don't have answers. You can have answers for all of your mind numbed robots in the congregation, all of the people that believe like you do and aren't going to challenge you. But where are you when people actually do challenge you? And yeah. 
bring facts, actual well, facts to the, the perfect illustration on that clip right there was how manipulative and scary it is, how he transitioned from going from scripture to insert his own theology and then pass it off as this is what God is saying. And then backing it up, hey, we got to fight. We got to fight. We got to fight. What are we fighting? What, what exactly are you fighting based on? And the other question I have from that clip is the IFB heritage only goes back to what, the 60s? So what heritage do we have? Like we're pretending like this goes all the way back to the time of Christ. Yeah. It's only 60 years old. Let's, this is a movement. IFB is a movement. It should not be the, the sole, we've got the corner on the Bible. We are the most correct. We are the purest of yeah. the scripture. Right. It's, it's not. Yeah, there's two things based on what you said too, and I've got a beautiful clip for this. And IFB Sermon Clips commented, uh, Schreiber did say the movement would be extinct in five to 10 years. Yeah, if you jumped on when we started this broadcast, you would have heard me play that clip. <laughs> but but yeah, it's one of those things though, you mentioned having the truth. If you have the truth, it's going to breed confidence. And it's a reason my wife asked me, because got, I've gotten some really nasty messages in the last week from some very devout uh, followers of some of these guys. And- she asked, does it bother you? Is this, does this keep you up? Like someone, someone wrote this long message about how there's blood on my hands because exposing abuse is going to lead people to not want to be Christians. And I was like, I think abuse not being talked about is why a lot of people don't want anything to do with this. But that's besides the point. She said, is this going to keep you up? She's like, is this going to, should you step away from this part for a little bit? And I said, these comments don't bother me because I know that I'm right. Like I'm confident in the stories that are put out on the show. I'm confident in the survivors that have shared their stories. There's a pile of there's a pile of stories that I don't have enough information to go on that have not gone out that I don't feel comfortable with with sharing it or that the survivors don't feel comfortable in having out just yet. And no, I don't feel uncomfortable. The reason that these guys are feeling so uncomfortable is because they're realizing that the truth is out. <laughs> like the, the, I thought I was wearing the shirt, but the reason that so many of them are the, your sin will find you out thing is ringing in the back of their mind all day long. Bruce Goddard panicking as a 70 year old man who's panicked about a 26 year old with a podcast is because I'm taking a screenshot of the truth and giving the context that is the truth and putting it out there. And he well, doesn't the have the amplification to get out his version of it anymore. Oh, absolutely. And they're reacting like they would 30, 40 years ago, thinking that it's going right. to have the same effect. And yet the internet the doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't have the, and the people that you're trying to go after, we don't care. It doesn't bother us. Go after me. I don't care. Yeah. I've lived through all of your preaching. I've lived through, I've done my own studying. I've done my own research, done my own reading, and I've come to the conclusions that I have. And Probably it's still evolving on certain things. Yeah, no, it's in, in the sad part is, and I see this with a lot of the, I think, older independent fundamental Baptists. I think a lot of them just have been in it so long. They don't want to start over. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people in my parents' generation, I think they are starting to see, okay, this isn't their kids and grandkids are coming to them going, Hey, what, what is going on? I saw X, Y, and Z happen on the podcast, or right. they're talking about this. Now they're going, well, but they don't want to leave because they don't want to start over somewhere else. 
And that's where a lot of the silence and, and, and quite frankly, the allies could come from in fighting this abuse. But sitting silent isn't going to cut it anymore. But anyways, I think there is a large portion of those in the church as well, that they just don't want to go somewhere else and start over. Their social network is all incorporated into yeah. that. But yeah, no, that, that clip right there is just, oh my goodness. This is a perfect illustration of going from a scripture to insert my own personal opinion. And then this is thus saith the Lord. Yeah. And people are taking it. And yeah. it's, oh my goodness. How did we get from this all the way over to here right. on that logic train and well, nobody questions it? Well, it's because exactly what you said is that when you talk about old time religion, like this is what they group in with using a biblical phrase. This is the kind of statements and the kind of description that they're giving. Fellas, stop finding, following people that are going to redefine your heritage. Stop it. I look every day at that sweet, dear father-in-law picture of my pastor, same church, 57 years. My sweet mother-in-law that has been passed away 50 years. I look at my mother's sweet picture, my dad's sweet picture every day, and I do not want to change what they handed down to me. They gave me Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I will make you fishers of men. They gave me those great little children's songs. I'm so thankful for church. I'm thankful that I was raised in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, teaching them, preaching the word of God. Let's stand together, shall we? We're getting ready for preaching with Brother Brown. Stop redefining daily deposits. So you're going to have to figure out what you are. If you're not a Baptist, then figure out, take the name down. Say, well, you're going to preach against me. Do what you want. About a year ago, there's one issue I'd love to fight because I'm against it. I, I don't think it's a good thing. But I gave up on that fight because that's a fight. It's already lost. Preachers, we, we changed some things. Now you start changing this. We changed some philosophies. I'm not going to fight everything, but I'm going to fight what's going to affect the old-time religion. We need what this is right here. I thank the Lord for you today. I'm really a nice guy. Brother Brown's about ready to preach. I got you up, and he will be very nice to you today. Brother Martinez, could you come and sing, if you will? Just and I just, I, I do have one question, and I don't know. Go if this do is it. For, Go for, for it. You, who can answer this? But where did, first of all, where did the old time religion narrative come from? Jesus. And secondly, <laughs> where in the world are did they get it, and how is it applied? I've heard on IFE sermon clips. I've heard five different people mention the old time religion and all of them in five different interpretations or in five different ways. And it's, what are we talking about? These old past, look, it was 60 years ago that yeah. IFB started. <laughs> Come right. on. With, Let's not act like we've been around for millenniums and centuries. Well, let me see if this is, there's a clip where he says, so there's a clip where he says new test. Let me see if it's it. Because we're not being accepted by the scholarly world. You young preachers hear me now. You think you're so smart now because you're this great scholar. This is nothing new. You think you've landed on something. All you're doing is going to the internet and finding non-Baptists and you like their theology. Outside the echo chamber. destroy your marriage and destroy your home and destroy your ministry and you will not have a church. You will not have a church. That's why you're already giving up Sunday night and you'll cancel Wednesday night so often. You will not have a church. A church cannot be built off a Christian school or off a play or sports or entertainment or a seminar. Preach the word. So, 
but that's another one. There, there was one clip that where he said, we need New Testament. And I hate that I can't find it because I know someone would be like, oh, I didn't see a clip. But there was a clip where he did say, we need to go back to New Testament. We need to go back to bus routes. We need to go. And it's, but again, it was that mixing of saying, we need to go back to New Testament, old time religion, church three times a week, bus routes, Sunday school. And it's show me in the New Testament where any of that was. Like, show me some version of that somewhere. Here's my, here's been my question for, I, I even had this back when I was in, in college and high school. I remember having this discussion with my dad and he didn't really have an answer for it. Where did we get this whole Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night format? Because as much as they want to bag and mock and make fun of the Catholics and go after the Catholics, I don't know if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, but it is a carbon copy of what the, the format is a carbon copy of what the IFB churches do. It's okay. We're going to stand up. We're going to sing. Okay. We're going to do a, a prayer. We're going to stand up and sing. Then somebody gets up and does a special, and then we're going to do an offering. And then we're going to, I've been to quite a few Catholic ceremonies and it's holy heck. We didn't like, we had different songs. And we had a yeah. different homily. And outside of that, it was mostly the same. And why is it that if somebody strays, if a Baptist church decides, you know what, we're not going to have a Sunday evening service. We're just going to have Wednesday and Sunday morning. Would that yeah. fly? Why? And this goes back to my whole thing with IFB. Show me in the Bible. Back yeah. it up with the Bible, not your philosophies, not your... Because basically what you're saying is that your philosophies are doctrine, which what makes you different than the Catholics and the Mormons and the insert whatever denomination you want to into that. I actually do know, so this is actually, I I do know the history of this, the the three to thrive, the three to thrive message was created by the person who started oh what's the name of the church what's the college that jc groves went to someone drop it in the comments ifb sermon clips is here he knows all things lee not lee robertson was it lee robertson or roberts yeah it was lee robertson i believe was three he did three to thrive that was his that was his yeah yeah he dr lee robertson i mean thank thank you ministry 127 Thank you to Lancaster Baptist Church for providing me with the information that I needed just now. So Lancaster Baptist Church did the three to th- did a message about this. Dr. Lee Robertson said every Christian needs three to thrive Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So that's who started that. Excuse all my tabs up here, but that's who started that. So I actually do know the answer. That's a little IFB trivia for you. That's where the three to thrive came from. But it goes uh, back to it goes back to what we've been saying. The theme here is we're trying to make personal opinions and philosophies Tennessee doctrine. Yeah. yeah. That's the scary part about this. And that's the scary, the scarier part is that people are just eating it up and amening them and left when it's just personal opinion, it's not even in the Bible. And then they try to pull the Hebrews 10, 25 verse out of context to yeah. beat people over the head with it. And it should go and, Whoa, hold on a minute here. How are we getting by with this? 
someone said so someone said duh everybody knows paul was driving a bus which is really funny and then someone said at tennessee temple lee robertson ifb sermon clips again late with the information just commented that two seconds ago Um, and then someone said sunday a.m and p.m were created for farmers who could not worship in the morning so they would go in the evening that makes sense and if that's how it started that's great Fantastic. I've always said, I think they should have a Sunday night service available for people who are working Sunday morning and uh, who disliked the video, get out of here. So so anyway, they should have a Sunday night service, but it should just be the same as the Sunday morning. So people can come if they missed it and want to attend. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Churches have to keep members busy running back and forth to church to keep them from other bad influences makes indoctrination much easier. I do think that this is part of it, whether or not, and, and again, so I try to be really careful with like cult language because I don't think all of these churches could by definition be considered cultish. But I will say this. I do think that a lot of times there's a fine line between edification and indoctrination. So like getting around like-minded people and studying something you're all passionate about is a little bit different than getting to be around somebody over and over again. So you can't get exposure to any other worldview. That's two very different things. And I'm going to go ahead and play one more clip here just because just for IFB sermons, I'm going to play this clip because uh, I think it's going to encourage him to hear it again. And we'll get some more amens here in the chat. I think we're five <laughs> I'm going to keep years playing away, it. <laughs> at the very most 10 being extinct, hmm. mm-hmm. independent, phenomenal Baptist. And look, I'm going to play one more clip because um, I forgot to do this at the beginning and we have to keep, there needs to be a structure to this. I know we're just having a little bit of, a little bit of fun. We're going through these clips. But I think it is important that we also take up an offering during this. Just head over to head over to patreon.com and, uh, and give your offering and tithes today. Twenty-five of you men and or ladies that would give a thousand dollars this week to help us, and that will be a start. A start to the cost of the conference. We're gonna have the offering. I'll stay here, and I want to introduce the speaker, and we'll get right to it. And normally we'd sing a lot more. We'd have a choir. And it just doesn't work now. Mm. If you folks are cold out here in the open, get you guys just find a heater. Here. But yeah, just head over to patreon.com slash preach boys. Leave your ties and offerings. I expect 10% at the very <laughs> least for us putting this together. Thank you so much. And, and we're going to pass the plate the here in just a second. Fruits. If someone could give just a thousand, that would be a good start <laughs> to cover the cost. So I had to do that. Look, it's here's the thing. It's been a crazy week. It has been a lot of really depressing stories, but I'm happy to to make a dumb joke. And it feels really good. Someone do you have any said, Cody Zorn in there? I don't have any Cody Zorn. I don't okay. think he funnels into their branch at all. Okay. Your channels helped me so much. Thank you. Listening in Mississippi. Awesome. That's cool. I just talked to someone about Mississippi last night and I didn't, I don't know why we brought it up, but cool. Thanks for watching. Also, so, can, the, yeah. the one I, I forgot now that you played that one again, it, it, it jogged my memory. Don't you find it ironic that they have the plausible, those that you were talking about, so they know more than they actually lead on that they do. Yeah. How many of these pastors' wives are the ones that are giving them the plausible well, deny building and are out there doing all of their, shall we call it, dirty work? Right. And um, I don't know if we'll get into this at some point. I don't want to get into the politics of things. It's not my area that I think. You're going to hate this next clip. <laughs> um, okay, so let me say it and then we can just move on. But I, I don't think that the church should be so heavily involved in, sh- in politics. 
the members, knock yourself out. I'll tell you my story of the church that I left down yeah. here. Um, but you, if you want to play it, no, you can. Yeah, no, go ahead and tell your story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get oh. this up. And, and if you're serious, I, IFB Sermon Clips commented Venmo, IFB Sermon Clips President's Club. If that's a legitimate Venmo account, I'm definitely going to push that. If that is a real thing, just confirm or deny whether or not that's real because I would love for people to support what you do as well. Definitely just let me know if that's real or if you're making a joke. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go, go ahead with oh, your he's story. Trying to, he's trying to get in on your 10%. Yeah, do huh? it, man. We Give 10% to me. It's give it all Sunday. We're going to give 50% to me, 50% to IFB Sermon Clips. It's going to be a good time. So anyway. That's right. That's <laughs> Hey, absolutely. No, I was just going to say the whole, the whole thing about churches and pastors, they have to understand that the power and influence of their words goes a long way. Hmm. And you got with that comes accountability for the things that you're wrong about. And if you're going to be loud about politics and certain political things, and look, I'm not saying that you can't bring up certain topics, you know, such as abortion or anything like that in your church and talk about it, discuss it, knock yourselves out, but to get up there and to endorse candidates and to, to pretty much, if somebody endorses or is leaning towards endorsing someone that you don't agree with, strong arming them into doing it. We were going to a non-denom church here in San Diego and they actually made the news because they uh, didn't follow the protocols and got dinged for it. And hey, there was a trace back to their church because they had an indoor meeting and the COVID outbreak happened. Yeah. And uh, the pastor goes on TV and, and tries to mitigate the circumstances. And to me, it was just, and then, and then he starts, they just went off the deep end. Then they start bringing in Charlie Kirk and Ben Carson and all of these guys. And it's like, when did the church become a political vehicle in, because I remember when we were growing up, at least myself, the pastor would just say, look, because we could lose our tax exempt status, I'm not going to tell you who you should endorse but I'm going to leave a list right here on the podium of people that I endorse. And if you would like to come up and look at it, great. Yeah, That's how it was handled. Right Now it's like we're having all of these politicians and candidates and everyone coming in and it's used as a propaganda machine. Like when yeah. did the IFB church allow their pulpit to become a propaganda machine for certain brand of politics when you won't let a lot of other Christian preachers Right. in your pulpit because you want, they let their women wear pants or they let their, they don't use the KJV or insert whatever it is that you want to divide over. And that's my whole thing with this is we've, you've got to stop being hypocritical oh. on your points and stance. When you make these, you're being, you're, that's where you're losing a lot of people is yeah. you're not only loud, but you're loud wrong. And then when someone challenges you, you act like a five-year-old with a temper tantrum. No. And the difficulty there, and it's a perfect segue. And I, and you, I, I asked you before we did this, I said, do you want to see the clips before or you want to go in blind? He said, I want to go in blind. You just give a great segue to the next two clips I want to play. But here's the thing. Like a lot of people get really upset about politics. I don't like even hearing about politics at this point. I'm kind of politicked out, mm -hmm. but, but it is one of those things where my frustration, I think people get, I think people get it twisted and say, when I say, oh, I get tired of politics within the church or I get tired of how the IFB deals with the election cycle or with the presidency or all these different things. I'm not saying I don't like all the right-wing political viewpoints that are spewed from the pulpit. 
I wish they were replaced with left-wing political viewpoints spewed from the pulpit. I just wish there were none <laughs> spewed from the yeah. pulpit because here's the thing. 100%. Politics is very nuanced. There are, at the end of the day, we all have different ways that we lean one way or the other and different issues. And again, every issue, we might lean more left or more, who cares? The, the thing is that when you make it a biblical decree that you have to go all in on one of those categories, and I see this on both sides of the aisle, no pun intended, I see this on both sides where, oh, you don't support the blue party, so you don't care about people, or you don't support the red party, so you don't care about financial responsibility, or you don't care. Like It, it is such a deeper conversation that, and to put this spiritual weight to it, to where it sounds like if you don't vote for you know, one candidate, then you are not a Christian. I think that oversteps a boundary that a pastor just shouldn't. And they're using biblical verses to speak into a political system that was not around when Jesus was alive. Like it wasn't around when the Bible was written, like Mm -hmm. they had Kings, (laughs) they didn't have presidents. So yes, you can still look at principles and say, oh, this informs, or this belief informs my vote, but you can't just say, hey, we're going to go ahead and make this your divine calling to vote a certain way. And I'll just say this now, and we'll move away from this conversation. (laughs) If you're trying to understand, if you're trying to understand the church and politics and, and just definitely pick up a copy, Jesus and John Wayne, or or at least listen to my interview with Kristen. You may not agree with her on everything. Again, that's what I've been talking about this whole time. There's things I disagree with. That's fine. You're going to have that with everybody. If you read anybody and don't disagree with anything, you didn't read close enough. But it is a really good historical breakdown of the development of politics and the relationship it has with the church. And so I definitely encourage you to pick up that book. You can head out to the book table after you drop off your offering, head to the book table, grab a copy and, and check that out. Um, but yeah, America came up a lot at the camp meeting. And so I, I have one thing. It's my, it's one of my favorite clips that I'd be sermon clips has ever put out. And uh, this is a montage from one sermon. I'll just go ahead and play it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> This is all one sermon, Justin Cooper, bring in the heat. We're Christian Americans and we love our flag in America. Our church is a patriotic place. America, I think I'll stick with Americanism and patriotism. America, I love my nation. America, but tonight I shout long, live America. America, I love my nation, but America. <laughs> There's Americas, no repeats of this Americas, at all. This is all America's America. America's America. America's America. America's America. America's America. Our viewers are dropping. America's America. America's America. 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 America's America. America's America. I love America. America's America. America. America, America. I'm so sorry. I'm for Does he love America? I'm so sorry for everybody. We lost six viewers. That was the most we've lost since we've started this. I'm so sorry that for that. And then uh, here's that. Here's one more clip. In our that. pews, you'll find soldiers and sailors and airmen and marines. We have lawyers and doctors and businessmen. We have factory workers and homemakers. We have care providers and mechanics. We have a melting pot of ethnicities, all from different parts of the world. But I tell you what binds us together. There's two strands that tie us together. That is salvation by the grace of God and the fact that we love 
our country. Tonight we would all vote and say that we're glad when it comes to America. We can say our nation is still there. America has defied historical precedent. And up to this point, she's endured. You study the great empires of our history. And, and before he goes down this rabbit hole, America is about, what, 400 years old? 300, yeah, 375 or something? Yeah. yeah. Not very old, but listen to the, listen to the points here. And you find that most have stood and most have fallen. You can say it of Hitler's Germany, it's gone. You can say of Nero's Rome, it's gone. You can say of Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, it's gone. But thank God you can't say that about America. Not yet anyway. As of tonight, our country is still there. Are there those trying to destroy it? Yes. Are there those that would like to take it down? Yes. But in spite of the fanatical friends of of our country, America still stands. They let drag queens read to our children and then arrest preachers on the street corner, yet America endures. They burn our flag, but America endures. They revise our history, but America endures. They tear down our statues, but America endures. They love the worst nations in the world, but America endures. They try to deny our principles, but America is still there. Tonight, I'm glad to say it. I love America. I don't blush at saying it. I don't need your permission to say it. I love my nation. I don't apologize for being a patriot. I don't blush at being a citizen of this country. I'll kneel at an altar, but I don't kneel for the anthem. Say amen right there. This is my home. I've chosen this place to live. This is where I raise my family. This is where I serve my God. This is my land. This is my home. This is my country. I'm glad America is still there. Someone said oh, it's man. 245 years old, which is way less than what I was saying, but I'm bad at math. So there you go. There's a fun fact about me. So, yeah. So it, there's a lot. You go, you take that. <laughs> holy moly. First of all, I want to know in the, as I perused IFP sermon clips months ago, where did this whole heavy breathing Everybody copying somebody come from when they're preaching you're the not, whole, Oh my, but they're copying somebody. I don't know who it is. Cause well, I've seen a lot of them do this whole, uh, very similar style in how they deliver the, 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 the preaching. Jack Hiles did a lot of that where he'd like, he would go on these rants where he'd say like a lot of different things in a row. If you listen to his sermon Sundays coming, like, that is very much this style, not as much Hiles was older there, but there is always a lot of copy paste with a lot of stuff, which is funny because yeah. of how independent they claim to be, like how much is copied. Um, I, I remember hearing a story from my former pastor, actually, and, and he was saying it was like a kind of interesting thing, but Jack Hiles used to always clear his throat that yeah, Jack's cop did it as well, but Jack Hiles would always clear his throat and go <clears throat> like that. He would do like these very deep, like after, after points. And there were a lot of graduates of Hiles Anderson College, and my pastor used to laugh about it, who when they would preach, they would do that same thing, clear their throat <laughs> the same way. But yeah, I, it is one of those things, like a lot of pastors, uh, I would notice you'd meet so them. Distracting. Yeah. When I was a staff kid, you probably have this experience too. Maybe yeah. not as much because you lived in an area where people didn't talk like Californians anyway. But I remember talking to people who would be around my dad or at lunch after church, and they would be just talking like I am. 
and they get in the pulpit and it would be bless God. I'm going to like, they would change, they would go into the stage voice. And yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of people that do it though. I don't know who officially started. Hiles did preach like that, but I don't know if that's, I I found that most things can be pushed back into kind of the Hiles realm. Like there's some interesting, the interesting part, and this is where you and I had the different upbringing inside the IFB world was we grew up 15 minutes from Jack Hiles and, you know, yeah. First Baptist of Hammond, but they were our, we were our tribals. Like Roger Vogelin and Jack were close friends early on. And then yeah. before I was even born or right around the time I was born, there was a huge fallout. And depending on which side you believe over, it was over his son, but we weren't allowed. Like there were, I remember we had some college students that went over to their campus I don't know what they were doing. I don't remember the context of the story, but man, they got lit up, got campus at our college, told how they were. So growing up, First Baptist was, we didn't, so we didn't know anything of that. We didn't know any of that world. We didn't know any of the scop or any of those guys. Uh, They never preached at our church. Obviously our pastor never preached there and we didn't have anybody from their tree or however you want to, you know, call it that would come to our church. Now we had a few for our big preaching conference that they would, that played all sides of the fence and really didn't have a camp per se, Mm -hmm. but they never really had this kind of style, which I, it's like you, it's this younger generation is this. And like I said, I don't know who they're copying, but man, as a distract, I just want to go, do you do that at home when your wife is cooking? (laughs) You know, is that the way you talk with your kids? What in the world? Anyways? Yeah. There's a lot to unpack on, on that one. I don't know if you want to go down that rabbit trail though. With, we may well, lose six more viewers. I'm gonna do oh, whatever. I'm not doing it for the numbers. I'm doing it for the Lord. So yes. I'm gonna play yes. one. Let me let me say one point. Like I don't care what people, individual people believe in their belief system. I'm never gonna criticize anyone's belief system. I just want you to be able to have an open mind and discuss it. Yeah. Walk away from it. Whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's uh, church, whatever it is. And, can we and, please can just I, have a discussion? That's all. It, that's all and let me add to that. Want. Let me add to that really quick too. One thing I want to say for anyone who's listening is one thing that really bothers me too is be the same in the conversation across platforms. And and the reason I say that is there's some pastors, and I'm not going to drop names because I, I, I don't, it's not the point of this illustration, but there's pastors who publicly mocked a lot of what this podcast, other podcasts like this one have done mocked people who said that they've experienced trauma in the church or abuse, broad brushed everybody leaving as being bitter. And that was their yeah. the point of their video. I get on the phone privately one-on-one and we weren't, we didn't mean that. We didn't mean this. We're just, and I told them on the phone, I said, why can't you just talk like this? Like we're one-on-one right now. You're talking ear to ear, not face to face, but over the phone with somebody and having a conversation like, why can't you be this nuanced instead of pandering to your crowd? You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing I've tried to be careful with this show is there's not much, there's nothing I've said on this show that I wouldn't say if these people were sitting across from me. And I've told, and I say that that's not just me saying that. Like I've had phone conversations where I've said, I had a phone conversation with Bob Gray senior and I was very straightforward. I was polite, but I was very straightforward in how I addressed him. I was very straightforward in what I said about Jack Hiles, who he loves. I was very straightforward with what I said about First Baptist Church of Hammond, what I said about him, his own church. Like I, I was very open about it. 
And so if you're going to get in a pulpit and scream about fill in the blank, you need to be willing to also sit down. And I, again, I wouldn't recommend going at people that way, but like, I have a feeling if I sat across from any of these guys, they would not go into the same worked up screaming and yelling type of personality. Maybe they would, but I just wish that nuance in that the, the tone and everything would be across conversations. Like that's, well, isn't, the, that, isn't that what they're paid to do though, is to pander to their people. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that and goes back to the, paid to do. And that I mean, goes back to the whole issue. I forget who posted it on Facebook the other day. I think it might've been Sherry posted something about pastors. And the reason why they don't, a lot of these guys don't take uh, stands against certain things is because they're paid not to. They're going to lose, they're going to lose their revenue stream if they take these certain stands because they know who their audience is. They know who their people are. It's not diverse. Um, it's one type yeah. of person. And and that's where I've always taken issue with the, the preaching against seeker sensitive churches. You always hear it from the IFB talking about churches that have glow, glow in the dark furniture and strobe lights and fog machines. And it's you're seeker sensitive too. You're just seeking for somebody else. And the churches that I've seen that I appreciate have a very strong mix of people. Like it's not aiming for one. The people who are on the stage are, they're there because they have a gift in a certain area. So it may not lead to a perfectly manicured service, but everybody's using their own unique gifts. I think that is much more meaningful than having what, what Treber's doing. It goes in the clip I'm about to play. Like he, he mentions Rush Limbaugh, like his target demographic in his area is Rush Limbaugh listeners. It is older, white, male conservative men. And again, I don't, you bring I, up, you bring up a point that I was going to make about that last clip. And I think it's, it, he says in there, and I know he's talking about America, but he says in there makes the comment about how we are like a, a melting pot with different ethnicities. Have you looked around the IFB church recently? How right. many different ethnicities are there? What is the breakdown? Like what, what's the most diverse IFB, most diverse ethnically diverse IFB church you've ever been to and what was the breakdown yeah I mean like that's I like it seriously I'm just like every church you go to what is uh, there was one African-American family in our church yeah Uh, I take that back three there were three two of them were brothers and then one was a great singer which given Uh, your area is shocking (laughs) you know what I mean and it's like okay that's it that was it. Yeah. And we want to talk about how all of the, he wanted to talk about how all of these things make America great, but yet that's not what's in your churches. That's not what's in, in like, it goes back to what you said, this it's, we get one people with one mind and we know how to manipulate them. We know how to put go up there and put on this stage presence and turn it on like a light switch. It's, you, you go from Cody Zorn to any of these guys, Bob Gray senior, who it's theatrics. You talk to them. I, I remember seeing this, you know, with pastors that would come through our church and speak. And you, we'd be sitting there talking like this. And then they get up there and it was like this light went on. And oh my gosh, they must have taken some great acting classes because they were just like all over the place. And it's, but yet they want to lecture us about going out and reading something online. Or like that's where I think their message, he wants to talk about being extinct in the next five to 10 years. Their message is falling on deaf ears because the younger generations are seeing right through it. Just like you're going to hear in this Rush Limbaugh clip. I think we're five years away at the very most 10 being extinct. Independent fundamental Baptist. 
I had to share that one more time. Did he say it in that one? <laughs> here we go. I'll, I'll share this here really quick. Rushland. On election day, I gave up the news. I've not listened to the news. I've not watched the news. I've not read the news. So how do you know what's going on? I hear people talking all the time. And, and I just, I hear folks talking. That's it, probably enough chairs there, fellas. I don't know if we'll get any takers. Just slip on out as I speak to you for a moment here. But you're going to have to govern the news lies. The news is not truthful. The news will discourage. There is no hope. Uh, I guess we have a new president. I don't know one thing he's done. I could, I, it, it, whatever. Okay, so I want to say something here really quick. Re just really quick, and I'm just going to move along. Did the news stop being real once the president switched is that when you decided that the news wasn't accurate and then also too i want to say here i do partly agree with him like i don't watch that much news because i don't think it's good to just sit and consume information you can't do anything about all day long like even like listening to a podcast like this like i think it's good to be informed but also take a break from it so i do partly agree with him this is probably the most i'd ever agree with him on a clip but i do think that this exact example here is uh, is really interesting he's done i don't agree with i am not gonna have a man that's out of his mind take my day i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let him rule me i want you to know with that in mind I want to speak for just moments here, and then Brother Brown will be up, fighting for a biblical position. I said that because I had to give up Rush Limbaugh. I love Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh has been so gracious to this church. He's given us so many things. He's bought us so many things. One day he had the biggest... Which I didn't know. That's really interesting. But... ...my truckload of... 68,000 bottles of two if by key T just showed up here and said they're free just go sell them for your school he has given us American Express cards for Veterans Days he's given us books for our library and their school he's given us all these books he's written for every student in the school he's given us stuffed animals he has given us so many things he has watched the services before his passing away he's been he and his wife been very good to us and I don't know how I never made a phone call but he and I were born the exact same year. I've always been burdened for his salvation. I know there's an article out that he got saved. I witnessed him. I wrote him. I said, Rush, I want to come my expense and fly and see you and talk to you about the Lord. So, On election so yeah, so that's a relationship Whoa. I didn't know. But again, but that's two clips within this conference where he mentions Limbaugh and how awesome Limbaugh was. But, and again, okay. I don't want to die. But again, this cool. is where, when, when you understand though, so when you understand how much they lionize Limbaugh, it does, again, this goes back into this conversation of where when you see that's who they're lionizing, that's who they think is awesome. Look at the way he communicates and then the way that like a Justin Cooper or a Trieber communicates. Rush Limbaugh is a conservative firebrand and a words to make a mockery of that dream, sometimes sharing xenophobic, misogynistic, and racist sentiments with the masses. This is how he chose to speak of a New York Yankee icon the day he died in 2010. Steinbrenner has passed away at age 80. That cracker made a lot of African-American millionaires. In 2011, Limbaugh decided to mock the Chinese president during his visit to the United States. Hu Jintao was just going ching chong ba ba. Limbaugh attacked those who didn't share his political ideas with a fervor and harshness that stood out amongst his talk show peers. 
As you might know, I care deeply about stem cell research. When actor Michael J. Fox, who suffers from Parkinson's disease, did this ad for a Democratic candidate who supported stem cell research, Limbaugh pounced. This is Michael J. Fox. He's got Parkinson's disease. And it's in this commercial, he is exaggerating the effects of the disease. He is moving all around and shaking, and it's purely an act. After outrage so like, over his comments. So like stuff like that, and then you see a clip like this, and the influence makes sense. I want you to take inventory today. As our, Have our churches become seminars? I won't go on to all the new announcements the way we do it, because I did it Sunday night. You ought to go back and listen to it. Because that did not come from old-time religion. Billy Sunday, who was a Presbyterian, old-time religion, he, he, he would not have that kind of stuff. The great preachers of yesteryear that we're introducing now, we're introducing this new modern movement to our church. You don't even, it doesn't even feel like a Baptist church. Job 39, Sunday night, I mentioned how the nostrils of that horse flares. Because he can sense, he can smell danger. Can't you smell it? We grew up with hymn books, hymns of the faith. We didn't grow up with, we worship you. We worship you. Oh, we worship you. Stop the effeminate queer singing. Sing the great oh. hymns of the faith. Like that, what? like, like when you see that showmanship and that, again, it makes sense when you start looking at the guys that they idolize, whether that be a Trump, which again, not getting into policy, but the way that he conducted himself, that's why for a split second, I was shocked. Like, why is there so much support of this guy from pastors, like public outpouring, not positions, but like saying, this is God's man. This is speaking. Like when you look at the way that they speak and the way that these guys speak, who are the non-Christian guys, who, which they'll acknowledge, they speak in very similar ways. Like they're equally aggressive, like in that same showmanship, that stage voice comes in. Yeah, two things here. First of all, I would take it in a little bit in a different direction as I'm consuming all of that. Here you are so much there, there is, but here you are up there praising a very heathenistic man that was a misogynist and that was a documented, had a lot of race, racism in him. You can blame it on generational thing. You can blame it on theater, mm -hmm. whatever it is you want to do it, but his words speak for itself. But yet you won't have a pastor across town that has a Baptist church because you disagree on some philosophical difference in your pulpit, but yet you're going to put this person up right. as somebody that everybody should go listen to and endorse. Like that's a ringing endorsement of a person who smoked cigars all of his life and died from it. That's not okay with Treber, I'm sure. All of his drinking, you should go look up what he would do on his Dominican vacation trips and his Puerto Rican vacation trips. I'm not going to get into it here. If you're curious about that, go look it up on YouTube or on the internet. The second thing is, I think a lot of people don't really know that whether it's CNN, Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, Chris Cuomo, any of these guys on the right and the left, it's all theater. Yeah. They all pen of the base. I have a friend who worked for the company who did had Rush Limbaugh. And he told me, he goes, look, if I told you that Rush Limbaugh was more of a moderate than he was of a Republican or a conservative, would you believe me? And I said, absolutely not. He goes, yeah, off offline and off air, 
he's hobsnobs with all of the Democrats and the liberals and all of these people. And it's all, but once that on air light goes on, oh my gosh, it's a totally theatrical different person. And he knows the triggers. He knows what's going to get people push people's buttons. And he made a living, a lot of money playing mm-hmm. off of people's emotions. And it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Like you, now the stories are coming out about the Fox guys and the CNN people and you know, how they're all at the same events in Washington, D.C., laughing and joking it up with each other and get together for dinners and all this. And it's like, why? So I agree. I, this is the one area I agree with Pastor Treber on is I try to stay away from the news as much as I possibly can. Like both sides have become very pigeonholed in what they're going after and they're going after the audience and base and they're just trying to, you know, drum up as much eyeballs as they possibly can Mm -hmm. to get paid. It's all money driven. And it's sad because who loses out are all of us, the rest of America, all of us that are sitting here over family dinners and having these, trying to have these conversations and it's not working because the facts that they're trying to bring to the table aren't really facts. It's what they've heard on some network that lied to them. And I got news for you. It happens on both sides of the fence very commonly. And that's where in the day and age where we have so much information, how much of it is really honestly true. And that's the sad part about what we're, where we're at. I look, I know you have to, I think you have to wrap up here in just a few minutes. So we'll probably wrap up here in the next 10 minutes or so. I have three more clips. I want to go through. I want to respond to a couple comments. I'm just going to scroll back and see. Someone said the late Jerry Falwell didn't seem like he changed his voice when he preached. I can't speak to that one way or another. Did Billy Graham or John R. Rice preach like that? John R. Rice was actually pretty subdued from whatever I've heard or read of him. Billy Graham was a really good orator, but I don't feel like he did that breathy voice. Did you have something? Yeah, I have something for your crack uh, research team out there. What is Lester Roloff deemed to be? Is he is he an independent fundamental Baptist or did yeah, he, he predate? Do no, they he, claim he, him he, as? Yeah, they definitely claim okay. him for sure. It was a student that copied. So someone said it was a student. It was a student in a preaching competition that actually re-preached the fresh oil sermon with the throat clearing and all. That was where that story came from. Someone said... Okay. You see someone from Faith Baptist Church Lamar jumped on. I watch very little news, but not for the reasons he's insinuating. Someone said, let's see. Someone said, do people, do parishioners actually enjoy the screaming? What do they actually get out of the chaotic yelling anyway? I did. When I was in it, I'm not going to lie to you. That got me fired up. I don't know about you. I don't know if it turned you off when you were in it. When we would go to conferences like Master's Men Conference and people would start like leaping up in the air and yelling and jumping on the pews. Like it fired me up. Like I thought that was good preaching. I don't know what your take was. Our, yeah, I mean, really we had, like that though. No, and our guys weren't like that. They, they were, were very, very subdued. monotone, very subdued. If anybody even stood up to say, amen, it was what in the world is this guy doing? Is he trying? Right. I remember I, I get this funny story. I remember we were on vacation and we went to this church. I think it was in Wyoming because we're, I believe we we're going to Jackson Hole. And we went to this church and I remember my dad saying, giving us a warning as we're pulling into the parking lot and going, okay, this is a Baptist church, but they're not like us. They're going to be very different. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go here. We're going to enjoy the theatrics and the show. And they're going to, and my goodness, it wasn't five minutes into the singing service. 
there was people, there were people taking laps around the, the auditorium. Yeah. And I'm going, I remember looking at my dad going, this is so far out of what we know because of the buttoned up Bob Jones type formal services that we would have. Mm. It, it, it was quite fascinating to say the least. So to answer your question, I loved when the voices were raised to make a point, but the whole screaming and breathiness, they would just get lost on me. And I would just, cause it's theater. Like you, you, even then, even though you're wrapped up in it, you're still, you still can sense when someone is genuinely doing it. And when somebody is trying to mimic or copy somebody and, and it's not their own. And yeah, that it, would be the biggest turnoff for me. Yeah. I used to always think about, it would be so fun to be up there preaching and get to do that, but maybe it's my creative performative side. Oh, side I do remember. Like yeah. I remember now what I was going to say about that last Trevor clip. How many times do they mention departing from the old paths and religion as opposed to the Bible? Yeah. When they are way more beholden to their IFB old paths than they are the scripture. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. They're now right. referencing the old paths instead of referencing the Bible. And that's sad. That is yeah. sad that we've gotten to that point in, right. in church. Yeah, 100%. Um yeah, one more comment I want to respond to uh, Roloff. Yeah, J. Frank Norris, someone commented, they said, was J. Frank Norris IFB? I actually did an episode. Yes, he was. He was one of the very first people to help form that world. If you want to get like a full story on that, there's a book called The Shooting Salvationist. I haven't read the book, but I know that it's a pretty good account from a lot of people that I trust. If you want to know a, a version of it that you can listen to on this channel or on the podcast, depending where you're hearing this audio, you can head over to IFB History and Theology Part 1. And we talk about that with, with one of my guests, his name's Mike Hutchinson. He runs, runs a podcast called The True Presbyterian. We actually dive into the history of the independent fundamental Baptist movement. And J. Frank Norris is a big piece of that. So one of those would be a good resource to find out more about that. Any relation to Chuck Norris? No, I don't think so. Chuck Norris no? is a okay. Southern Baptist, though. Oh, I know that okay. from his biography. So, I remember being excited when I was a kid because I found out that Chuck Norris was a Baptist. And I was like, yes, he's one of ours. We can watch him now. Right. Mom, dad, he's a Baptist. We can watch. Who is considered, we, we can play the clips. Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody's going to, some people are going to chime in on this one, but who is considered the father of the IFB? Do we know? I, I I'm think... sure there's some candidates of people that would throw their hero's name into that mix, but yeah. who is I mean... the father of IFB? J. Frank Norris is up there. I think when I look at it, like there's who historically is actually the father of the that denomination. But as far as who has the most influence, it's Jack Hiles, no doubt. I, I think okay. there's more when it comes to the bus ministries, the King James only is because John R. Rice was a big piece of the independent Baptist world coming up, coming together. Jerry Falwell was a big piece of that starting to fall into place early on. So there's a lot of pieces that you could say, yeah, it's the actual start of the movement. But Jack Hiles, to me, like his hands can be seen across all of on Treber, on Paul Chapel. Like he was the biggest influence, I think, bar none. Like there's few I could point to that have that that influence. And he had a big influence on just Christendom in general. Is if you look at like 50s and 60s evangelicalism, like you have to point to Hiles. That's my opinion. I'm sure someone in the comments will disagree with me. Unfortunately, IFB movement has superseded the scriptures. Yeah. With a lot of these guys. And that's unfortunate. 
I agree. Someone said, how about working in some Southern, someone said, how about working in some SBC if you run out of IFB? I don't think I'll run out anytime soon, but I definitely talk about the SBC with a few of the episodes. Someone said, I'd love to hear Russell Moore in an interview. I would too. And I've thought about reaching out to him. I've reached out to, I won't say that because I don't want to knock on wood. I don't want to ruin <laughs> opportunities with some. I've reached out to some people in the SBC for sure, but I, I will stay focused on the IFB, but with certain people, it does it is relevant because there's a lot of crossover in, in some of these conversations. I'm gonna play, and we only have a few minutes left. I'm gonna play Oh, you're uh, fine. I do have some time. I'm gonna play a few here. Here's one. We'll go ahead and go it keep in the direction of, of what they think the old past. And these should are look all like. from the same like this is all from meeting. the same like three days. So it was oh, a busy oh three gosh. days. Okay. Um, and oh, I gotta tell you a really funny story. I don't know if I can tell this. If if I'll find out if I have permission to share this story because I don't want to give away the person that told me <laughs> this story. Uh, but I have a really good story. I'll tell you off mic about this. About the yeah, I'll, I'll tell you once we get off. Yeah, we don't want to. Uh, yeah, it's really hard. You guys don't realize, and I appreciate again you guys hanging out and and checking this out. You guys don't realize how many funny stories there are that I would love to share on the show, <laughs> or how many even stories that aren't funny, but just I wish I could share that. Just I can't because it would give away really good people and get them into a lot of trouble. But there's a really funny story about this whole conference. I got to tell you once we get off mic. So this is one, this is one about the church kind of culture. And singing is on revival and singing is on the the blood of Christ and about heaven, about Jesus and a preaching and invitation. So the fellow comes up, the lights come up, the announcements are on there. It's all synchronized. It's all entertainment. And then we come up with the, the worship leader and, big and again, work. he's just talking about secret sensitive churches. It's just a polar opposite of their audience they're trying to seek. Did he go to this service? And we welcome to worship with us today. I don't remember in the, con- I know he, they definitely bagged on Come like idea day a little bit, but I think he's just talking in general about now. The, the vibe. And we'll sing, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you in truth. We worship your majesty. Which again, I'm like, what's wrong with any of this? If you're in a Christian context. the sun, the moon, the stars that thou hast created. It doesn't even go musically. We worship the mighty works of your hand. We worship you. We were, it sounds eerie. It sounds negative. It sounds depressing. And then they'll throw in a great hymn of the faith. And then the man gets up to do his preaching, his entertainment. I know. And this is all entertainment. All everything we've watched is entertainment for a very specific demographic, but I know what's coming. I, I know you're not gonna like me for preaching this tonight. I know it. I know you dear preachers, by the way, a preacher should stand for something, and the average pastor is pre- standing against not compromise. But he's standing against another brother that's trying to keep the church alive for Jesus Christ. You spend more time fighting this type of preaching than you will fight a compromiser. Because can't we all get along? That's thank you very much. Let's get along. Let me preach what I believe God's word wants me to preach. You can take what you want with your people. So it's, so, so again, it's the it's it's this double speak of. The whole conference is dedicated to making fun of the reformed fundamentalist, like liberal, quote unquote liberal, let's use that term very loosely, churches. 
But then again, I want to know what is he? So these guys, and, and this goes back to these guys speak in such ambiguity that they don't like what is considered liberal to an IFB person. Like right. we're IFB is so far to the right. Like anything Presbyterian would probably well, be liberal. West, West Coast is liberal compared to North Valley. Okay. So if he's comparing it to West Coast, I don't know who he's trying to compare it to or what service he's in, but if it's a non-denom or something like that, what are you doing? But, you wouldn't let your church members go there. So what are you doing scoping them out? But it's, he just, the last two sentences that he had contradicted everything that he just built up. Yeah. Because he's mocking, making fun of, saying it's wrong, saying it's compromised, this, that, and the other. And then he follows it up with, this is my interpretation or my opinion of what God wants me to preach and yeah. say. And he goes, whoa, that was, I don't know if it was a Freudian slip, but that is the most honest thing that you've said that I've heard you say yet so far in any of these clips. That, yeah, yeah these are my opinions on what I think God wants me to say. Okay. I'm totally fine with that. Just be honest about it. Be honest that these are your own philosophies. Stop trying to tell people that if a woman wears pants, she's compromising what the Bible says. No, she's not. Okay. That's your personal opinion. Knock yourself out. Believe what you want to believe. Draw those lines, but don't make it an absolute because you're not correct. You're not right on that. You're taking scripture out of context and not going to get all into that. We'll leave that to Will Hess and those guys, but you're wrong. Yeah. You're dead wrong. And that's where a lot of these people, that's why you'll be extinct in five to 10 years is because the younger generation is now starting to see right through this. And you're finally now being honest and saying, look, these are my interpretations, but that's not what you said leading to the buildup. You mocked it, said it was wrong, said it was compromised. Years away yeah. at the very most 10 being extinct. Sorry, I got to play again. <laughs> you know what? I think you just should just make that your ringtone. I know. It See would how be you funny. can get that for your well, ringtone. And then I'm sure some of the people on the, uh, on the, in the group would, would want that too. Out. This is the crazy thing is that, and this is coming at it from a Christian perspective and like looking at this is that there's so many issues they will be super divisive over like music or or things like that, which I've got plenty of clips on music. Then they'll have someone on the church staff say something like this, which is straight up blasphemy. But let me tell you what the Bible says. Hey, the house on hymn books, there's a great sale on hymn books. It's amazing when you travel the country, and I know you've traveled to get here, but you stop in churches along the way. How many churches across America use the hymn books from North Valley? They're great hymn books. You can get 50 or more of these. The bulk rate would be a Bible doctrine. Skip For this, example, uh, there are lessons in here on salvation, eternal security. There's one on identity, independent, fundamental, Baptist, and why all three of those names and titles are important. This book is by Brother Burcham, exploring the Old Testament. <laughs> This is a Sunday school curriculum. That's an Old Testament survey. If you ever heard Brother Bertram teach or preach, the man knows his Bible. In fact, I think sometimes when he preaches, God sits back there and scratches his head and said, man, I never thought of that before. But uh, anyway, book, you'll yeah. want to get that. And it'll all be available in the convention center here between the services. Which is like, they are the most, I just got to say this. They are the most non-independent people to call yeah. themselves independent is right. just the funniest thing to me. Like, 
how many times and go to IFE sermon but let me clips. Goodness, I don't know if you can do a search. I don't know if you can do a search on it, but see how many different pastors use the terminology when mocking liberal singing using the phrase 7-Eleven. Mm. I can't tell you, there's probably 15 to 20 pastors that all of a sudden are now saying, Oh, worship me. Oh, it's the seven, was it seven yeah. words, 11 times or something? The seven, <clears throat> like, yeah. There's probably 15 to 20 different pastors, and you want to call yourselves independent thinkers right. and you're independent yeah. Baptists? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, they, and they try to make themselves sound as if they are, well, let me just go ahead and play this really quick. But yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, watching that clip where you've got a guy going, Oh, this book is so good. God scratches his head. Cause he didn't think of that. And it's let's, let's really unpack that. It's the same conversation that happens when you see guys that say in the Southern Baptist convention that say, talk about complementarianism. And if you don't, if you don't believe complementarianism, like you're, you're not following Christian theology, but a lot of them come to the complementarian position by a skewed view of the Trinity. So like really big issues are getting mishandled, at least within a Christian context. I know we have, non-Christian listeners as well on the show, but for a Christian perspective, like there are huge theological errors that go unchecked within the IFB, but then, and even within some sects of the SBC, but then when it comes to these situations of a secondary issue, they'll raise it to order of first importance. It's really shocking. It's all I want to benefit them. so insecure. It's all on what benefits them. Your platform began on what? Exposing sexual abuse in the church. That yeah. should be a no-brainer. Number one of the top. Talk about a bipartisan issue. One. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, how in the world? And, and then they want to come out and say, oh, it's going to hurt. The, is God minimized and less important than a church? Like, right. he's not bigger than a church. He couldn't withstand a sexual abuse scandal in a church, right? Like is your God that little and that small that he would not be able to withstand and sexual abuse and you handling it correctly. That's where it just falls off the rails with me on that topic. I just want to bang my head against the wall because you are diminishing your God, but it goes back to what we said before God in the Bible and being factually correct. Right. Anyways. All right. No, I agree with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull this clip really quick. See if we can find it. So many. I don't know where it is. Let me play. So true. Angie, someone says catchphrases are how they keep people on the side. They're not independent. They mimic. If you carry most of their statements to logical conclusion, they don't make sense. Someone said, is IFB a cult? You take that. I'm going to find this clip. And then I'll close this here on uh... is I have a cult. I think the definition of a cult is uh, a leader that controls the narrative that is preached from the pulpit, controls his people, controls how they're supposed to say, think, and act to certain issues and topics, doesn't want to be challenged, doesn't want to be accountable. Yeah, I would say that best describes most independent fundamental Baptists. I will say this. I, I have friends that are independent fundamental Baptist preachers that don't do any of this stuff that will, you know, but they have a very different approach. And the reason why a lot of these smaller church pastors don't want to publicly take some of these stands is because they want to preach at Jack Trevers church. They want to preach at Bob Gray senior's church. They want to be in these circles. And if they come out, 
they have such a small church that they don't have this identity. They need the credibility of a Bob Gray senior coming in and preaching in their pulpit to lend them more credibility to their, their people. If, they, if you're getting your credibility from people, Bob Gray senior, you're missing. Okay. The boat. Bad example, bad <laughs> example, Jack Traver, Paul Chapel, you put anybody in you're that, still missing you know, the boat, but okay. whatever camp. Yeah. It's just, it's, but a lot of these small church pastors handle it differently, but they're criticized by the people that they look up to the most in a pattern, whether they've gone to their college or whatever it is, they pattern their ministry after these guys. They want their approval so bad that if they come out on these topics or take a stand against sexual abuse in their church, that person is going to come after them with a fury. And they know that. And that's why they won't publicly come out. But I've got independent fundamental Baptist pastors that go very, they, they treat their church very differently. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they come to, I've been there, go to a deacon meeting or church say, Hey, I really found this in the scripture. What do you guys think? And I'm telling you, their churches are a lot more independent thinking than all the other IFB people that I've known. And it's that approach of, here's what God said to me. Here's what I'm going to do. This is my personal opinion. You guys take it for what you want. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on this? But again, it's that anti-intellectualism that seeps in and you see it. I'm going to rapid fire. I'm going to rapid fire these last, these last two clips here or these last, yeah, last two clips here, but like something as simple. But let me tell you what the Bible says. Hey, how sweet are thy words unto my taste? Yay, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I get pretty excited about some Bell Buckle Cafe, but I get more excited about this book right here. Hey, this book will keep you straight. We don't need to change it. It doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. We used to preach against the NIV. Now, the, I guess the hot thing now is the ESV. The ESV is a transgender Bible. Over there in Colossians where Paul said, greet Nymphas and the church which is in his house. In the ESV, it says, give my greetings to Nympha and the church in her house. Turns Nymphus into a woman preacher, transgender Bible. I don't want a transgender Bible. I want the one I got saved with. I want the one my, my dad has preached and my papa and my pastor's preached. Hey, there's never been nothing wrong with this book. It's seen thousands of souls saved, and it's going to keep on seeing thousands of souls saved if we'll just preach it. When you stay in this book, it'll keep you on track. But again, so like this statement here, and I, I don't want to go through the whole unpacking of the translation thing, but even a statement like that... And again, I'll, I'll refer another book that will dive into some of this, but The Making of Biblical Womanhood by Beth Allison Barr really dives into even the translation of some of these passages and the way that some names where there is. What happens is in a translation is you look at multiple manuscripts that are saying they're sharing the same message, but sometimes it's hard to know within a certain word what's accentuated, like a certain letter. And so they use the best or the most common of all the different pieces that they have to work with. And we'll usually go with that translation. And so there are a couple names like the Nympha example or Junius or Junia, where most of the actual uh, information they have looks like it says Junia. It was a female apostle. And there's only one record of a male version of that. And it's in, uh, it's in an extra biblical Greek text. So if you want to really understand that, like definitely read her book, but it's a minor translation issue. It's not an agenda thing, but again, it's anti-intellectualism. They look at a verse and see, oh, they changed the gender of this person. Like that's just not understanding how the translation process here's, works. Here's how this works. Here's how this works in the IFB world. And my dad was has a doctor degree, was in charge of the Bible department at Fairhaven. 
So I've been on behind the curtain, let's say. Here's what happens. Some theologian gets this burr under their saddle about something, about this version or whatever it is. And then he comes out and says, oh, it's a transgender version because this. And he has like this one obscure example. And all of them just start running with it and take it as this is the gospel truth. And then they all just start repeating. We were talking about the old 7-Eleven thing and how they repeat everything. Now all of them are starting to repeat it. Pastor A goes to Pastor B's church and he in discussion tells him, it's Pastor B then says, and Pastor C, and it just, it gets passed around like wildfire. And before it's also, another, I guarantee you this guy didn't do one iota of a study no, into no. it. Yeah. And well, it's up there saying what somebody else said or what they thought about somebody saying right and just stretch it and make it be that which is rooted in a lot of other issues but to make it say oh that's what that means that would literally be like saying the king james version is pushing a gay agenda because king james was a homosexual like (laughs) you know what i mean like again but if you said that i have to be pastors we we, we don't want to talk about that and again that has literally no bearing on the on the quality of the translation whatsoever that's rooted in its own issues of homophobia within the movement. But again, it's the anti-intellectual nature of this stuff. I'm going to play I'm going to play one more clip that ties into that and then I'm going to play just one really funny zinger I got to drop on TikTok today and then we'll and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. Thank you guys for sticking in. I'm surprised people have stayed yeah, on this guys. whole time. This is cool and this has been a refreshing way to end. It's good to laugh and chuckle sometimes. So this is here's one clip here. I'll play and then we'll we'll do this last one where I got to point out a cognitive dissonance moment here. Feel so insecure because we're not being accepted by the scholarly world. You young preachers hear me now. You think you're so smart now because you're this great scholar. Elizabeth, this welcome. Is nothing new. You think you've landed on something. All you're doing is going to the internet and finding non-Baptists and you like their theology. It's going to destroy your marriage and destroy your home and destroy your ministry and you will not have a church. Like again, it's that it's that fear mongering about reading. From point A to point Z. <laughs> Wow, that was no a idea. No idea. But I want to say, I, I, I'm going to close here because I know we're right here at the end. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. But I got to play this because this is also, super funny. Before you get to that one. Oh, okay. I haven't brought up that he looks like the Muppet. Stop. So much. Stop. You have to, one of the next time, you have to get the Muppet and put them side by side. Stop. But anyways, stop. It's, I, I can't go without saying it. It, it just, every time I see it, I got, I have three kids under five now. So I know, I I know. I, okay. You're right. I ruined the Muppets for you. You're right. And I, I thought about one time syncing audio with a Sam Eagle clip from the Muppets, but I, anyway, that's, let's not get off topic here. This is a really funny one. So this is, again, this is over the course of three days. And this is how incoherent these statements are and how much they jump around from position to position, point A to point Z to Y, X to A, like it's crazy. And this is not a big issue, but this is just a really interesting example of the double speak that happens. Uh, here it is. One, stop there. listening to compromisers. Uh, two, two, stop. We live in a generation where oh. nobody wants to fight for anything. Hold on. I want to fight for the next generation. I want to fight for our... Ch- Wait, this isn't it. There it is. One, stop listening to compromisers. Two, two, stop reading compromisers. Okay, here it is. So this is, again, this is the course of two days. So this is what he says in the first clip. They got a book out now about how to grow your church. What a blasphemous thing. 
Upon the rock, I, this rock, I, God says, you're this church. And the gate, God's the builder. I have manuals on. Okay, air. so using books to build your church is uh, blasphemous because God mm -hmm. builds the church. Oh, where it's every going. Subject, uh, deacon manual. Sir, I have manuals on every subject. Uh, deacon manual, nursery manuals, music manuals, college manual, school manual, church manual, everything. We have a manual on everything. Because I don't believe you start without knowing where you're going. <laughs> I was start where I thought you didn't know where you're going. This so. is like the perfect example of what we've been saying yeah, all along. It, and this is how, this is why it's so hard to take them serious. And it's just, it's sad. It is. Okay. I got a comment from Robert Fry. Did he really say anti-intellectual and they have virtually little idea of history of IFBC? Is that directed toward me? Because I definitely encourage you. And sure, I've never claimed to be a historian. Definitely check out the IFB history and theology episode. It's really worthwhile and actually does dive quite a bit into theology and history. Is there anything you want to add before we jump off? And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Michael, you have anything else you want to drop in there? No, I had fun. Thank you. Yeah, um, this was great. I, it, it's, it's always fun to, to get on and talk about the less serious things once in a while. But thanks for everyone that stuck in there and, and had some humor with us. And I have these sermon clips. Oh, there's... Hey, what? <laughs> and he wants... We're getting ready to go to a uh, soccer game here. So I'm sure Epic. that's what he wants to go do. But anyways, thank you for everyone for sticking with us and having fun with us. And I have these sermon clips. Keep up the good work. All you guys out there, Eric... Keep up the good work. I know it's hard dredging through sewer from time to time, and that's why I try and reach out to you. Awesome. But yeah, uh, you and know. I appreciate it, man. Work. Awesome. So awesome. Enjoy your soccer game. Thank you guys for watching. And remember, I think we're five years away at the very most ten being extinct. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, Michael. Thanks for joining me on the episode. We'll and remember. You. You can always uh, drop your tithes and offerings over at patreon.com. All right, guys, thanks so much for, uh, for jumping on, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys here on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes, and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.